Okay, whoa, 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 what's the holdup? It's ad time. Oh, yeah. It's ad time. And let the good time roll. You know, since 2015, totally good time has been making pop culture street style inspired by the 90s, 2000s, and niche entertainment favorites. Well, what do they got? Uh, how about bringing on Toro Sweatsuit? Check. Empire Records Staff Tee for Rex Manning Day? Check. New Girl True American Hoodie that features the design as the gameplay? One, two, three, four, check. Now go ahead and check out all of the original pop culture goods over at totallygoodtime.com. That's totallygoodtime.com. And use code FLORIDAVERSUS15 for 15% off your order today. That's code F-L-O-R-I-D-A-V-S-1-5 for 15% off your order today. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Add time. Do-do-do-do-do. Add time. Oh, man, another ad. Well, don't worry. This one will make you hungry. Margarita. Pepperoni Playboy, Guilty Party, Good Thing, Dreams Tonight, Beyond Love, Smoke Signals, Neon Moon, Springsteen, Talking Backwards, Crude Copy, Breakneck Speed. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you haven't had one of Lucky Nick's Pizza's Sourdough Neapolitan Pizza Pies straight from their wood fire oven. And you are missing out. Go ahead and follow Lucky Nick's Pizza on Instagram. That's at L-U-C-K-Y-N-I-C-K-S-P-I-Z-Z-A. For the latest updates about their weekly mobile pop-ups in the SoCal region. It's Lucky Nick's Pizza. Nice little pizza, huh? All right. One more ad won't be so bad. Listen up. This is what we got going on. No shirt, no shoes, no problem. Well, if it is a problem for you and you need a shirt, then go ahead and scroll on down through the details of this episode and click on the Tee Public link. That's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C. That will lead you to the official site for Florida versus merchandise. Now, whether you need a t-shirt to wear in the pool, a mask to wear in the store, or a mug to tea bag, Tee Public has all of your needs covered with officially licensed Florida versus merch. Do you love the podcast? Do you want to wear it? Get officially licensed Florida versus merchandise at tpublic.com. There you go. Oh boy. Christian Price. Everybody on the show gets a song. It's not always a good song, but. CJ's his name. Whoa, ladies and gentlemen. That was great. Yeah. Floridians, welcome back uh, to Florida Versus. I'm your host today and every day, Peter Murphy. Today on the program, we have beer aficionado, comedian extraordinaire, uh, the hops, hop master himself, <laughs> the comedic legend, the up and coming, the fighting CJ Price. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. I, I well, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time, man. CJ, how, how's it going? How's uh, how's your day? How's uh, how's everything going? I am really hungover right now. That that's how <laughs> it's going. Uh, <laughs> typical for me. Uh, but yeah, went a, went a little too hard at third wheel yesterday. Sometimes you got to go. Sometimes you got to go a little hard. Sometimes you got to go a little yeah. hard. No uh, no shame there. And uh, you know, it is Tuesday. Uh, you were. Um, do you still host the uh, the boom mic stuff at? Uh, at no, uh, no, no, no. Every once in a while. No, that, uh, Ma- Mandy hosts for me now. Uh, nice. I, I just I had to step down. Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Administrative decision. 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it was for it was for the best. It was nice. uh, it was wanted by everybody involved. So, <laughs> well, me. good deal, man. Yeah, hey, you know what? It's still you know as long as it's this hot out, it's technically the summer, and summertime you're allowed to get a little drunk, you know. Yeah, and and winter, spring, fall, all of it. Right, and right. I, I don't I don't discriminate against the season for when I drink. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, hey, you know what? That's that's the way to live. Uh, that sounds very Floridian. Uh, <laughs> to be honest yeah but before we get into that uh cj uh we do plugs up top uh cj are there any plugs uh anything you want to draw listeners to any corner of the internet or any upcoming shows you want to talk about yeah absolutely so uh what is it uh sunday september 25th at the wayfair hotel mm-hmm. uh will be a show that i produce i i won't be there but i'm producing it uh <laughs> and i believe uh you're going to be on that show as well. Yeah. So it's going to be a good time. Told you about that yesterday. We're going to have you, Sam Salem, uh, Ahmed Al-Khadri. Ooh. And then we're waiting on a couple more people to be uh, confirmed. It's going to be a good show, man. Is the reason you're not going to be there uh, because of the lineup? Because you 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 actively hate all three of us? <laughs> all three of those yeah, comics exactly. that you mentioned? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, listen, not I want to I want to help out, but I, uh, I it doesn't mean I have to be there. I got, I got booked on a different show and I was like, I'd rather do that show, but still go to the, go to the Wayfair. It's a free show. 7 PM Sunday, September 25th. Great show. Nice. Nice. Where, uh, where can people find you online? Can they find your, your stand-up clips anywhere? Yeah. yeah CJ price comedy on Instagram. Uh, that's where everything is. I made a TikTok, uh, but it did not, uh, go well. Nobody's watching stuff, so I've stopped putting stuff on there. So Instagram's the place to go. I got a couple of reels on there if you want to see some stuff. I don't have enough material to release a lot of reels though, so I'm kind of like keeping my cards close Ooh. to my vest. But uh, yeah, there's a couple things on there you can see. Yeah, man. How do you decide what goes online and uh, what uh, what you know you keep you keep keep to yourself? Uh, just like little throwaways and stuff like that. A lot of it is like rips and stuff. I have put material on there, but that's. It's not too much of it. It's like 30 seconds of a joke that could be like a minute to a minute and a half. Okay. Something like that. So I'm just getting, getting views out there and stuff like that to build up my followers on Instagram, which is not working. Um, (laughs) I don't know why I keep doing it, but just, you know, I guess they say you got to put content out there and I don't really exactly know what that means, but I think I'm, I'm working on it. That's the name of the game, man. That's the name of the game. I, I, that's not a game that I have necessarily been playing, but I don't know. Like, like I kind of feel like, I mean, who's doing it. That's like really good right now. Like Adam Ray, like putting out content consistently on like social media platforms, like Adam Ray. uh, Norman puts a lot out. Mark Norman. Yeah. Yeah. He he puts out a lot of clips crowd. It's mostly crowd work though. That's what the big guys are doing. They're not putting the material on there. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But it's hard, it's hard for us to get crowd work clips, well, especially me, because most of the crowds I perform for are comedians. They also so, already, yeah, and the crowd, you know, that's not comedians, hates you. Yeah, no, that's, I've learned that real quick. <laughs> a year and a half into stand-up, and one of the most hated people in it. <laughs> you are, <laughs> you're not the most hated, you know what, you're, wanna, you're, wanna. you're, you're like, um, uh, what's his name, Louis Black. It's like okay. you're on, like you're when you're on stage, you're just like, you know, you're aggressive and, and and funny and fast. But, you know, 
off stage, you're just like, you know, normal, normal guy. You don't get all worked up and angry at people unless, you know, they deserve it, of course. Oh, well, I let that out of my job. I let that out <laughs> on customers. <laughs> yeah, I'm the I worst. <laughs> I, I mentioned, yeah, you're the you're a hot master. Uh, you uh, mm-hmm. you're at a Boomtown Brewery where, you know, um, you, you, well, are you guys still doing the monthly show at Boomtown or no? Uh, so it's like we haven't done one in like three months. We mm-hmm. we have one. The next one's going to be September 20th. But I think mm-hmm. that is when the, this will be coming out, I think you said. So I didn't want to plug that. But we're doing uh, a show there yeah. on the 20th. Uh, we're have, this guy named George Motz is going to okay. be making burgers. He's oh, like okay. known as like the the burger master. I don't know what he's he's called. Nick, <laughs> my co-producer, knows a lot about burgers. So you he know, knows everything about the guy. You know, uh, well, first off, you know, a burger is going to be good when the guy's last name is Mots, like mozzarella. Yeah. And second off, you know, a comedy show is going to be good when the first thing you mention is the type of food that's going to be there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's all the best comedy clubs are just known for the food. That's Jesus. what I mean. That's why comedy store doesn't serve food anymore. That's why they're dying. I don't know if you've been there. But <laughs> yeah, right. Shows are packed. Yeah. Oh, man, dude. Oh, oh all those great comedy clubs up in burbank that have the that um, incredible salmon mm-hmm. yeah those, those are the rooms you want to play that, that's the club everybody's talking about and then third wheel with their tostino's pizza rolls that's what people come there for the best comedy rooms are just you know there's a the smell of fish in the air and two mm-hmm. old people are plugging in and out their hearing aids or the hearing yep. devices in the front row and Felix McNulty sexually assaulting someone in the back. That's. I, I don't think uh, Mandy Robbins, uh, she, you'd mentioned her uh, before she'd been on this. She's been on this podcast and uh, I did a show with her months ago and it was at, it was at this club in Burbank. And before we got started, there's this woman in the front row and she goes, <laughs> I go, all right, is everyone ready for a great show? You know, just um, I do my material. You know, everyone's kind of like in the zone. Uh, I'm hosting it. And I'm like, is everyone ready for a great show? I'm going to, you know, describe, you know, you know, I'm about to say like, hey, the bathroom's over here. Like if you need help from one of your waiters, whatever. And this woman in the front row raised her hand. Must have been 90 some years old. She goes, I think we. <laughs> That's the worst. That's the worst thing ever. Like, I don't want to hear what you think. You can express what you think by audibly laughing or remaining silent with your arms crossed but she goes i think we should have a moment of silence (laughs) for her for for stephen wilkes my (laughs) middle school crush who passed away and i'm like i kind of like repeat that back to her and i'm like it's a comedy show and then we did it and yeah of course you have to do it yes have you had have you had have you had like any memorable heckles recently uh that like stand out to you uh like like that that sweet little lady no uh people because of my aggression on stage people tend to not really heckle me because they think i'm about to usually people think i'm about to shoot up the place uh especially if i talk about my dad uh being a murderer So usually, usually people are on their best behavior if I'm on stage. I don't really get a lot of hecklers. And if I do, it's like the, the supportive heckle, which oh. is still, which isn't helpful, but you can't get mad at those people. That's what What's, I learned. 
Yeah, what's a supportive heckle? It's like you say a joke, or like in the middle of the joke, it's like this guy knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. But it's at you. You know that's right. Stuff like that. Like uh, the the one lady at Legroom that one time, where my entire ten minute set was just spent talking with her. Like she was great. Oh, you couldn't right. be mad at someone who was having a good time and supporting the show. Like yeah. we sometimes comics take a heckle way too seriously. I think they I act agree. like their words their words are gold, and then they'll deliver their joke, and it's about their dick and i'm like you could have just let the person heckle you like you're not that professional yet especially like at the level the shows i'm doing we need every audience member we can get because there's like 11 people at some of these shows that if you alienate the one by being mean to them then you look like an asshole because they don't have to be there they're watching some of the worst comedy they've ever seen i don't blame (laughs) them for wanting to stop i want to heckle at open mics i don't because I know that's the unprofessional thing to do, but there's times where I'll hear a comic do a joke and I'm like, I really want to just fucking talk shit right now. <laughs> you don't, you don't, I, let me tell you what, you don't hold back when I'm on stage. You're up, I'm up there. Oh, and you're like, that's because you, you call me out first. Yelling. That's what, yeah. You're like, uh, you're, <laughs> it's like my, it's like my act is like karaoke to you. You're like, oh, he's going to say this Florida shit now. <laughs> I've never done that. Uh, you know what's interesting before we get into like your hometown uh and the connection of orange county to orange county here from east coast to west coast Mm -hmm. i you know coming out of the pandemic there was this incredible um or rather there's been this incredible enthusiasm towards stand-up and you know it's gotten so many write-ups in in positive spaces and like la times like they uh, la times just mentioned the 60 best places to do stand-up comedy and usa today mentioned you know your show is one of the 10 best places uh for open mic music or comedy uh in in los angeles and you know coming out of that and being in la i I used to be so against it because it didn't feel like legit but you kind of like everybody kind of has to like make create their own stage and create their own opportunities and you created this opportunity for yourself at the wayfair for a good showcase and that's downtown. And then the Boomtown uh, show that you started every Monday uh, or Mike, they start every Monday is a great mm-hmm. opportunity there. And then, you know, every so often, you know, it's been three months, you said, since the last one, but you, well, no, you did a show. Uh, 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 wasn't, didn't you do a show? After oh yeah. The MLB All-Star, the All-Star game. game. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, so I had COVID, so I wasn't there. So I completely forgot that that show happened. But yeah, but, but yeah, Nick ran that one. My bad. Doing, yeah, but you're doing these, that. you're doing these showcase shows as well at Boomtown, downtown, mm-hmm. and, you know, in other places, and you know, like, there's so much effort that goes into that, and like, do you feel like of the other places that are like coming up, do you feel like that's just going to be the norm now, or do you think the enthusiasm is going to die off because a lot of these shows were birthed? out of the idea that well we can do this again let's do this here you know uh some of the clubs aren't open yet some of the clubs are slowly coming back let's create our own spot do you think these other like independent shows are are here to stay or do you think you're gonna we're gonna see them kind of drop off i think i think they're gonna stick around i think there's yeah. always gonna be comics that are gonna want to make their own opportunities and like that put on their own shows but i think uh stand-up needs a crash I think it, it's yeah. been going through a boom for a while now and it needs a crash so we can get rid of some of the people doing Because <laughs> right now, every everybody thinks they can do it. People come to Boomtown when the open mic's going on. They drink two beers and they're like, I've always wanted to try this. And then they'll go up 
And then I start seeing them at other open mics. And I'm like, I fucking created this now. But <laughs> you created I don't this know. monster. I, yeah, I'm, I'm very gatekeepy with comedy. There, there's some people where I'm like, if you're not funny in normal conversation, I don't, I don't know why you would pursue this. And that's a lot of people who I talk to where I'm like, I don't know if you've ever made anyone laugh. And <laughs> you're trying to make a career out of it every yeah, night. Yeah, you know what's funny is like, there's a lot of tourists and, and you, uh, you know, right. Yeah. Like there's a lot of tourists when it comes to that. And there, you know, people are allowed to have interesting hobbies and be fun, but you know, it's just, it, it's not like karaoke, like karaoke is different yeah. in the sense that, you know, if there are serious singers that go to see, they do karaoke very seriously and they're very intense about it and that's fine, but it's mostly like a, a fun bar game to play, you know, or a way yeah. to get people out. But, you know, with a stand-up thing, it just kind of, with a sea of people, I kind of see, like, I know you're serious about it. And, you know, the, you know, the people that are like coming up, you know, around like Third Wheel or, um, you know, any of these other places like Boomtown, like they're serious, most of the people are serious. But then there's also like every so often you'll find somebody that's just kind of like less serious about it or just kind of like jerking around and to just like an uninitiated person to be like oh yeah you're just like you're just like that guy you know what i mean yeah and like there's this like big group there's this yeah i don't i don't know how do you how do you anticipate a crash because i i feel like that might be happening too yeah because because it happens every 10 years or so every 10 years Mm. stand-up goes up and it goes down up and down we saw it with the improv like even before the pandemic improv crashed like uh yeah. what was it uh io went under uh yeah. the nerdist opened their own theater that went under including meltdown went under too uh there was a couple other improv theaters that like went under mm-hmm. before even the pandemic happened so we saw and ucb was probably going to lose sunset too because that was not a money-making venture for them it was just too expensive uh because people were losing interest in it and like that. you're always going to have the people we're going to take the classes because our agent told them to, but I sure. think the fascination with improv ended and that will happen with stand up again. And I'm excited yeah. for that to happen because what I'm saying with like the gatekeeping, how I can be like that is not like Mike's like mine or third wheel. It's Mike's like at the improv laugh factory in the comedy store where there's only so many spots for people that are taken seriously. And these are like mics that are true opportunities. If you yeah. do well, can lead to more from there like some of the names I'll see on the list and like some of the people when I did potluck at the comedy store, like I talked mm-hmm. to one girl, I yeah. was like, how long have you been doing this for? She was like six years. I was like, wow, that's awesome. How often do you get up? She was like, Oh, if I have a show, I get up like once before it, but usually I do it about once a month. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like you're, you're in the way is what yeah, I think. Like, man. It's, have a yeah. hobby. Yeah. But don't go to the professional clubs and like get in the way of people who are trying to do this as a career. Now, a lot of people disagree with me when I bring sure. this up, People call me a dick for saying that, but they know it's true. They know they get pissed off when they're at the improv waiting for their name to get drawn out of a bucket. And somebody goes up there and they're like, it's my first time ever doing comedy. What should I say? And then you're like, you should leave. You know, you know, I I think uh, that does sound harsh, but it, it is, it is also incredibly true. And what I find is that what you just described is an old LA model because, you know, just, you know, let's say to, six years ago 2016 there were not a lot of places to do stand-up maybe you know as far as open mics maybe there were less than 10 
you know? And, really? and so, so sometimes you could only have those opportunities. Yeah. You had the clubs and, you know, one of those opportunities was at the laugh factory. You go there and you wait all day long until, you know, they pick the first eight people to go up and then the, you know, then everybody else, you know, then the next two people have like a guaranteed spot for next week or wh whatever the case was. However, they were able to like, just kind of like weed out certain people. They have a show. I think, you know, about it at the laugh factory called chocolate Sundays and they book yeah. people two years in advance, yep. literally yeah. two years. Yeah. Like my friend, my friend, Sean showed me a booking agreement that he got from them. And it said January 26th, uh 2024 and then under it yeah. goes yes this is not a clerical error 2024 because maybe in that time and i think the same you know you, you mentioned improv i think the same goes for like the groundling system which was you know you're going to need a lot more time to to get better but now there are clubs that offer like you know uh just clubs that are just like open mic clubs like the hollywood comedy you get the, the charges you to do to do stand up and like I, I think people are getting better faster and it's just kind of uh it's just it's just kind of interesting to to see the level of seriousness everyone takes and you know coming further out of the pandemic people that are like oh well you know I was faced with the work you know I was like oh what is my life I better do stand up comedy immediately it's like jesus dude like that was me <laughs> <laughs> was it was it yeah February so I had like tried stand-up in the past like mm -hmm. a couple times here and there but I was like more improv and sketch that's what I would stick with sure. and like every like two years or so I'd be like I'm gonna try stand-up I do like two sets but being at an open mic is the most discouraging thing it's not being up there like bombing doesn't really hurt me that much like unless it's like a hot show sure. and the crowd is great and then I go up there and bomb right. those hurt because that's right. on you but when you bomb in an open mic, who gives a shit? It was the waiting at the mics that I was like, I can't do this. I can't sit here and hear what these people have to say. Because a lot of people are insane. It's a comedy is 50-50. Yeah. It's 50% people, I think, maybe less than 50%. 50% people that are taking it seriously or are actually trying to work on it as a craft. And then you got 50% just the craziest people you've ever met in your fucking life. Yeah, just man. An insane asylum on stage. <laughs> and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. And then the pandemic put it in perspective. It was like, all of this can be taken away at any time sure. for like a year. And I was like, all right, I'll go. I'll, I'll power through the crazy. And then you learn to, at certain open mics, embrace the crazy. Like I look forward to the crazy now at certain open mics. If it's like the improv in store or something like that, I get a little frustrated. Sure. But if it's midnight madness and someone goes up there and they're an insane person, right? I'm genuinely excited to watch their set. Yeah, yeah I'm going oh, to embrace right. that. Well, this is the second episode in a row where I'm we're referencing Billy Myers the third. <laughs> no, no, not yet. <laughs> uh, no, I, I love the guy. Uh, yeah, and he, he's great. But yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you mean, man. It's uh, it's an interesting time in comedy because it's so broad, and you'd think that it's just like streaming services. It's like you would think that there's enough success out there and shows for everybody. But not all the content is uh, is good, and it's kind of hard for somebody to hear that, especially in a town like LA, where everybody kind of comes here and thinks they're unique, and uh, you, you know, uh, takes takes a lot longer to understand how things are going. Um, yeah, which is which is tough, man. I think I think you're one of the people that you know 
it's kind of like leading this LA charge and you know, you could find you at different shows at different venues. Have you done can't even the can't even comedy show? Yeah. Yeah. I've done a bunch of those shows. Yeah. That's they, tough. they booked me a few times. Yeah. It's tough. It's up on the roof and you know, they're, it's like in the round, right. There's a DJ behind mm-hmm. you. And then there's a bunch of people that aren't, uh, there to see comedy they're just kind of like ready to have like a full-on full volume conversation on the top of a roof yeah and and like those are the types of shows that are happening right now too in LA but I don't I don't blame the people when like I did one of the the early uh Thursday night shows when Mm -hmm. can't even move to mama shelter that had to be over a year ago yeah I did one of the early ones and the crowd was great but yeah they could be a little rowdy it's because they're on top of a rooftop in Hollywood with a view of downtown in one direction and a view of the Hollywood Hills in the other. Yeah. Why the hell would you want to watch an amateur comedian <laughs> when you have these things going on? I, I don't even want to do comedy when I'm up there. I just want to hang out, pay $10 for a beer that I have at my job yeah, uh, exactly. and just, just sit there and watch. I don't want to watch comedy up there, but what they, they've built a good show out. They I, did. I like what Can Evans doing. I like their system of if you support the mic, if you come and everything like that, and you show you're funny, we'll fuck with you. Like because yeah. they book a lot of the same people over and over again. They give them hosting opportunities, mm-hmm. and that's great. I understand why they won't give me a hosting opportunity. That's not really my vibe. I'm not like keep the show up and stuff like that. Sure. I'm more like, do my time, get the fuck out. Because I'm kind of a lot mm-hmm. when I'm up there, but. I- <laughs> I like can't even. I like what they're doing. They booked yeah. me a bunch of times. They did a show in Huntington that was great at Sea oh, Lakes. Oh, yeah, oh. they they let me do uh, fifteen minutes on the show, which is nice. One of the longer sets I've done, which is always always nice to get out of LA and do more than five to ten minutes at a time. Yeah, and it's yeah, you know it's a merit based merit based uh, system that we all kind of like want in LA. You know, I feel like you know a lot of people. You know, you're either passive aggressive or um you know they're just like so like obnoxiously supportive and so Mm -hmm. it's like hey you know if i'm doing something well i want to see it like i want to like be paid for it or i want to be um you know asked back asked to return like featured on a poster or something like that you know that those are the type of things that that you work for and uh like the types of things that are happening in la i I really think there'll be a bubble bursting Mm -hmm. but it's interesting to see what else will pop up because some indie shows have come and gone already you know that like oh, yeah. breweries and stuff like that but i'm interested to see who keeps their hand you know um on the truck so to say and uh and yeah man that's that's just kind of the name of the game man you're like you're either in it for life or uh or you're not in it at all right yeah this, this is a business for people who stick around yeah comedy like you make enough connections obviously you got to be fun you have to yeah. be able to kill that, that's, my that's my no, problem that's my problem is i'm not funny yeah yet. <laughs> yeah exactly you're likable but you're not there yet but uh like you said like shows disappear yeah like when i first started uh like taking it seriously february of uh last year um there were shows that i was like i really want to be on that show i want to do that and they don't even exist anymore. Right. like uh was it chirp and turf i think it was a show that Handrin oh. and jay light did and when i first oh, right. started i would look at the flyers and i look at the pictures and i'd be like i want to do that yeah and then it just disappeared like i'm not both of those guys are hilarious and they're obviously still around and they're great comics but the show just disappeared and you're like oh okay who cares then like it's not that big of a deal yeah um, i don't know what point i was trying to make there i mean you know, like it's it's just the longer you're in a place the more you see it change and it's not you know you wish you could 
you know, capture that fire for forever. You know, if like, you know, if you're doing improv in 2013 in LA at UCB, oh my God, that was like the golden age of it. It would seem, you know, we talked to our friends who, Mm -hmm. you know, people that were doing podcasts there, podcasts were, you know, still, you know, compared to all the podcasts that exist now, the podcasts, the comedy podcasts that were happening then, you know, County Bang Bang and, you know, things coming out of um, the LA scene were so fun. And, you know, you thought it was going to last forever. And then the bubble burst and, you know, then the pandemic came and a lot of these places like closed down and it's, 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 you know, just interesting to see. And, you know, speaking of like moving on and like, you know, bubbles bursting and stuff like that, you did not move to have to move too far to get to Los Angeles. Uh, Cause nope. I know you're from, Orange County. So CJ Price, tell me about your hometown. Hometown. I'm from Huntington Beach, California. Uh, we are essentially the villains of COVID uh, is what we were. We were in the news every day for somebody uh, like assaulting someone for being asked to put a mask on or something like that. <laughs> right. Uh, it's been it's been described as the Florida of California. Is what I, people say about Huntington. I believe it. With nicer weather, but uh, the Florida of California. It's just a drinking vibe uh most people are racist um and they don't want to wear masks so it's very very florida-ish i think i don't know how racist florida is but i could take a guess i've seen i've seen desantis <laughs> you've seen desantis and hey he's that guy's got some good ideas uh yeah no you know when i for someone who's un, completely uninitiated to huntington beach the only thing i can think of is surfing and tito ortiz the ufc fighter Oh yeah, our former mayor pro temp. Yeah, uh, what? The, mayor pro temp. So he was a uh, he in Huntington Beach. So there's the mayor and the mayor pro temp is the guy who received the most votes on council. So Tito Ortiz won his city council seat by the widest margin in the history of Huntington Beach's city council. Uh, a guy who is a uh, anti-masker, conspiracy theorist, hardcore Trump supporter outspoken racist one now now, hold on did you say widest margin or whitest margin both (laughs) double me okay and what year was this when he it had to be less than three three years ago three two three years ago no because he he resigned because he said all the other council members are pussies so he resigned from city council because everybody because they kept trying to throw him off like they tried uh recalling him or impeaching him several times from his council seat and finally he just gave up on his own yeah but he was somebody you would like see around huntington beach like a lot he was just like a guy that would come into the grocery store when you were there and would always have like a look on his face of being an asshole like he has like his <laughs> own mma gym where it's like known as like the one that you don't really fuck with because that's what huntington beach has the most like mma training gyms like brazilian jiu-jitsu judo all that type of stuff. Uh, mm. The most like most Brazilian jiu-jitsu gyms outside of Brazil is in Huntington Beach, California. That's where mm. like Brazilians will move to because they can charge more money for the gyms out there oh. and, you know, make a lot of money and stuff like that. So the, the MMA vibe contributes to the trashiness of Huntington Beach, in my opinion, because and, yeah. MMA fans, for the most part, I like, but there's a lot of them that are just fucking animals. Yeah, and, and they follow, like. and from there, they follow... Tito Ortiz's kind of behavior because uh, it, it sounds like his gym is like the OG Cobra Kai, like bad guys version. Yes. Is it, is that true? That, that was the vibe that people picked up on it from. Like I, I tried, cause when you live in Huntington beach, you, everybody tries Brazilian jujitsu for like six months 
Mm-hmm. Most people give up, but some people survive. So I did it for six. I was one of the quitters. Uh, <laughs> and the coach, uh, who was a great guy, would like talk about Tito Ortiz's gym and how that's not the vibe that they want. They're like, that, that it's disrespectful and shit. And then that would just build that up. But he spoke what? at my high school, yeah. Tito Ortiz. And really? Got, yeah, they ended up cutting his mic at a pep rally because he was cursing too much. But he was, it was like an anti-bullying speech. Please, please yeah. tell me what that whole day was like. It was in the, like, was it a pep rally or was it like a student yeah. orientation? It was a pep rally uh, where it was like, and then they had him come to give just a basic pep rally for like whatever sports season it was, whatever like season wrestling is for sports. I don't know if that's fall, spring or winter. I don't know which one that is, but he came in to give a speech for the wrestling team. And then it was also like an anti-bullying speech where he was like, and the haters going to get you down. I say, fuck the haters. If your teachers are giving you shit, I say, fuck the teachers. And then they cut his mic and he just started screaming in the room. And like, we were going nuts. Like we, the teachers were horrified and they were trying to get him to stop, but nobody, no one's going to step up to Tito Ortiz. So they kind of just were like, like from like afar, like, like stop, man. Like no one's going to like go up and grab him because yeah. he'll knock him the fuck out because he's a crazy person. <laughs> so we just watched this man have a melt. And then he basically, you mentioned Billy Myers the third right. For the viewers who don't know, Billy Myers screams his set every time. Uh, I enjoy watching him. I think he's funny. He's different. Sure. I like him. That's what Tito Ortiz turned into after they cut his mic. Like I saw <laughs> what I think Billy Myers' origin story was, where his mic got cut and he was like, I don't need it, is what I saw Tito Ortiz did. <laughs> just started screaming everything else at the pep rally and it was the greatest moment in the history of Huntington Beach High School yeah because what do you because this guy is you know he's so popular that he literally became what mayor Uh, almost mayor so he was the mayor was to resign or die he would have became mayor of Huntington Beach he's that popular he's a hometown hero and he's here just using the most foul language yep to to, to psych up kids and you know what that's that's hilarious because also that makes him such a great character because he's doing ufc outside of ufc you know oh yeah like he's 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 always cutting a promo cutting a promo exactly yes that was exactly what i was gonna say he's like always kind of promo like that's you know, more like a wrestling thing but he's always like at a way in just ready to intimidate somebody yep. like always always ready to fight at the drop of a hat oh man did you did did people love watching his fights growing up or uh you know what would would the town just have a different like energy about it when he was when he was fighting yeah you know, you're growing up around that time so when he was coming up his, so his his prime wasn't that long with the like the mainstream popularity of UFC. Yeah. He started getting big. Uh, that tr- I think it was a trilogy fight with Chuck Liddell. That's mm-hmm. when like UFC really crossed into the mainstream before then it was like, mm-hmm. like kind of niche. Yeah. Uh, like the beginning of UFC, they didn't even have like weight classes. It was just like right. guys would walk in there and geese versus a guy with boxing gloves on. And I remember so it, like, yeah, seeing something it, like that. Yeah. yeah. Took a while for it to become really popular, but when it exploded, Huntington Beach was like the epicenter of the explosion in Southern California. Like everybody cared about it. Everybody knew about it. Everybody trained in it. So like you never wanted to fight anyone in Huntington Beach because this guy that you thought you could take, it was trained in several martial arts. Wow. So bar fights would turn into basically MMA matches. Dude, like that's Usually crazy. a bar fight is like a bottle being broken. Bar fights in Huntington Beach, like somebody getting put in a triangle while someone else is like <laughs> punching him in the back of the head. 
That's crazy. That makes Huntington Beach sound like everybody's got like this secret superpower and it's like a, mm-hmm. a secret, like ev- everybody is secretly knows enough about MMA to like hold themselves, you know, yep. uh, you know, hold, hold themselves up in a, in a, in a fight. And they're just kind of like walking around, just like, you, you gotta be nervous if you just like brush somebody, you know, oh, yeah. the wrong way, because a fight could happen at any moment. Yeah. Right? But you knew who couldn't fight if they were wearing an affliction or a tap out shirt. That was the <laughs> easiest way to determine if you could take somebody because if they're wearing the shirt out to the bar on yeah. date night or trying to hook up with somebody that's the person you could take down it was the guy wearing the button up the short sleeve button up with the collar all the way to the top that you were like that guy could fuck me up that five foot six guy could beat the shit out of it i'd say so yeah i'd say you mentioned bars and bar fights i'd say in florida there are Oh man, there's at least 40% of bars that just don't have walls. They're just, you know, outside on the beach, you know, whatever. And it's either the clientele are either just very aggressive uh, young people or parrot heads, you know, Jimmy Buffett fans, uh, or, you know, old retired people wearing, you know, you know, sundresses and just like hanging out and just, you know, uh, no sunscreen whatsoever. Uh, What's, (laughs) what's, you know, did you see any of those crazy bar fights? Is there an epic one that you remember? And yeah, what's the bar scene like there with so many people that know, you know, jujitsu? It's a tense environment. It is, if you, like you said, if you brush shoulders with somebody, they're going to like, I don't know, like Aaron Hernandez, obviously it wasn't in Huntington Beach, but when the guy like spilled a drink on his shoes and like followed him and shot him in his car and stuff like yeah. that, that's the vibe of Huntington Beach bars all the time. And you never know who it is that you're going to bump into. Like everybody's wearing for the most part. Now it's sleeveless shirts are big okay. with like the leather couch skin. That's like the vibe of Huntington Beach right now, which is very Florida too. When I yeah. went to Florida one time, like everybody's too tan, like your yeah. skin wasn't built for it. We would have that outdoor drinking vibe, but California is so strict with their laws mm. that we don't have it. But like the, the bars on main street are where it gets insane. Uh, like away from main street is where the white trash like ultimate trailer white trash go like people come in from like stanton california anaheim and stuff like that and they go to like more inland huntington while the actual people from huntington beach go to main street and match up with tourists and a riot broke out the huntington beach riot of i think it was 2012 or 2013 what happened what caused Uh, it what was the deal so a modest mouth a free modest mouse concert caused uh (laughs) Right on the beach. So every year in Huntington Beach, there's a U.S. Open of Surf, yeah. which is basically just uh, the greatest people watching experience of your life. Then. Because it's Huntington Beach clashes with people that want to be from Huntington Beach. And it just creates uh-huh. a weird vibe. And after a Modest Mouse concert, a bunch of uh, white supremacists, which Huntington Beach has a lot of, and Orange County in general has a lot of, started messing with some Latino kids that were there. And I saw what a big fight break out because I went to the Modest Mouse concert. I'm not a big fan of the band, but they were playing a free show. Yeah. Why wouldn't I see that? If there's um, free music, you know, what What you have no yeah. excuse not to go. A fight starts to break out between them. So I start walking because I just used to walk everywhere in Huntington because it's flat. Mm-hmm. So I would just, I just started walking my mile walk back to my house. And I start seeing the fights happen everywhere that I'm walking. So like it's overflowing and the white supremacists say, all around they like are in pockets like they came here to do that so i'm walking i'm like that's weird 
And then somebody tips over a porta potty. And I'm like, that's okay. Uh, that's different. That's a riot. And then somebody rips a stop sign off and breaks into a bike shop and starts taking a bike. So then I sprint home because I'm not going to be a part of that shit. Like, yeah. I got brother and dad in and out of prison. They're not getting me. I'm not, I'm not going to. Yeah. How that's old are you at the time? You're like 16? No, no. I was, uh, I was 19. 19 at okay. the time. So I was an adult. Yeah. So I knew to get the fuck out of there. And then I go home and I'm watching it on the news. And just it was a full on. They're tipping over cop cars. Every porta potty's tipped over. The cops are just abandoning their posts, and they just left it up to everybody. But then, in true California fashion, uh, kind of like when you go to like a sporting event in California, and like a chant starts, and it like gets real big for about thirty seconds, and then it ends. The riot people just got bored, and they just stopped rioting. Like the cops didn't even really have to step in. No curfew was imposed or anything. Everybody was just like. Yeah, we're done. Like we're tired, and it just ended. It was <laughs> yeah, the that's most, enough. Like, yeah, it, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the anticlimactic ending to yeah. a riot I've ever seen in my life. That's well. That's I mean, here's the Florida thing. The Florida thing of it is, Floridians will riot without even knowing what's happening. So, yeah. <laughs> like I, ma- I imagine that some that was happening at some part parts of, uh, like Huntington that day. And like, if, if I see, you know, a bunch of people marching down the street, tearing some shit up, I'll join them. But then I'll ask like, <laughs> afterwards, I'll be like, Hey, what was this all about? By the way, you know what I mean? It's like, Oop, better, uh, better slink on out of here and not uh, get my face on television. Uh, that's, you know, actually that's how I got involved in, uh, that's, I was in Washington January 6th. So. Oh, nice. Me too. Congrats. <laughs> Good time. <laughs> uh, that, so, yeah good that was the best day on facebook ever because all my huntington beach friends and stuff like that the very few of them like i don't keep really in contact with anybody from out there like i yeah. was never really a big fan of people out there they were sure. whatever they were weird but seeing everybody like what people like shane gillis has a joke about his dad watching like fox news he's like what people can't go to the Capitol." like people can't go. that was basically the vibe of Huntington Beach's Facebook page. It was like, oh, isn't God, that our yeah. building? That's our building, right? Like we can our go tax we dollars taxes. pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. And we and, pay Nancy Pelosi's taxes. So you know, like, what? what are you talking about? That's why I, you know, I don't use my my bathroom. I just piss and shit on the street. Because my tax dollars Perfect. go to the street. There you go. Yeah. You you would fit in, in Huntington Beach. You you would be just fine. <laughs> it's everybody's just everybody's just complaining about taxes all the time everybody there is millionaires with boats and all they're like at bars they're just like these uh, taxes are out of control and you're like how and they're like just they're taxing me you're like okay can you can you imagine having enough money to own a boat like i can't imagine i can't imagine having enough money to own a boat i might man at one point in my life i might own a boat but it it wouldn't be responsible not necessarily financially but like that would be the grossest dirtiest boat ever right oh yeah i would i would never clean it and no i would have one of those little schooners with just like the what basically like a lawnmower engine on the back one of those little tiny boats that's what i would have and i would never clean it just be covered in vomit and piss and that would be the vibe of my boat i might yeah you almost have to have enough money for two boats with the upkeep of a boat it's just like it's the same reason why I would love to have a dog, you know, that'd be, you know, I'd love to have a dog. Great. 
some something to greet me when I get home, you know, uh, a fun companion, you know, lovely, you know, fun, just a fun dog. But then, you know, I, you got to feed it. Yeah, yeah, they eat food. Yeah, that yeah, sucks. feed it, walk it, give it attention. Yeah, Ugh. that's why I don't have them. Right. My my girlfriend, <laughs> my girlfriend really wants one, and I'm not opposed to having one. But it's just that's it's like having a kid. It's gonna be your whole. It's gonna be a big part of your life. Uh, I know. I got plants. I got enough plants, and you know what? I'm proud that most of them are still alive. Um, but yeah, it's a big accomplishment. When you know, so growing up in Huntington, you know, you 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 work. You mentioned you work at a brewery uh, right now. Do you remember um, like your first beer uh, grow, growing up? What when when did that happen? First beer. Uh, yeah. Or have there been just so, so many since then that you know they all kind of it, blend together? It was, it was so easy to get alcohol as a kid in Huntington Beach. Yeah. Um. So I think the first thing I ever drank was a four loco. No like, way. Really? Well, I was like, I was 13 or 14. So that was like the prime of like four loco. Yeah. Like when people were like, people are dying from this. And we were like kids and we were like, that sounds like what we want to put in our bodies. Like that sounds, <laughs> that sounds great. So that was the first thing I ever drank. There was like a, a homeless guy near where <laughs> I lived in Huntington beach who you would just give him 20 bucks tell him to go buy you $15 worth of alcohol and then $5 of it is his to keep. Yeah. And he would of course try to rip you off every time he'd yeah. come out with like two, four locos. He'd be like, there that's $15. And you'd be like, Mm-mm. and you'd have to like threaten him to go back in come on, and get man. you more alcohol. But he was, the yeah. same, and, and if he wasn't around, like say it was one of the times where he would be passed out in a bush or he'd be lost. You would just go up to anybody in a high rise truck mm-hmm. in a ah. sleeveless shirt. Yes. and you'd be like that guy will you will walk up to them you'll be like excuse me sir and they'll be like yeah give me the money what do you want like yeah. they, they they wouldn't even ask what like you wouldn't even have to ask the question of will you buy me alcohol they would just say give me the money and what do you want he already it was knew the that deal. fucking easy you yeah, know what's that- drinking yeah we would drink like sounds kind of gay but we were like drinking the showers after like gym class <laughs> like we would like that's kind of cool that's very adult and have to yeah. shower up and somebody would be like, I took this from my mom. Like we would drink, like, I remember one time drinking peach schnapps in the shower of Huntington Beach High School, which is, sounds bad, but it yeah. was a great time. Cause then you got to go to class hammered afterwards, which is <laughs> my ideal way to go to class. To go to class. So I was not a good student. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, you know, there, there's so many towns, you know, doing this podcast, there's so many towns where, you know, there's a, you know, you got to see this, um, unsavory fella or you got to like find this homeless dude and he'll buy you dr- drinks or whatever like there was you know maybe someone's liquor cabinet you could steal from growing up in florida there was this really interesting dynamic where the nightclubs and bars were uh 21 and up for men and 18 and up for women uh did you have that no no so, everything everything was yeah. 21 so yeah, what it's california yeah. what's but what's crazy is it was 21 up for men 18 up for women what that created was relationships between men who were uh of drinking age and then high school girls and so yeah so inevitably one of those girls would be dating one of those guys because you know they're just interacting on like a friday night saturday night thursday night whatever and then we would always be able to get alcohol from one of those girls boyfriends and it was just like it was never it was never like a massive challenge 
you know it was never no. like we had to do this and this like like we we would just like go to Lindsay's uh boyfriend's place or uh you know taylor's boyfriend's place and yep. that's like that's cra- that's kind of crazy and but but it made it so much easier and so much more dangerous i guess yeah in in huntington it's somewhat similar it was the parents of mm. kids that wouldn't care like because huntington was everybody smoked weed in huntington Beach. okay like you would i remember the first time i was smoking weed at a friend's house and his mom walked in and i was because my mom was very strict about it she was like if you ever smoke weed i'll kick you out which she ended up which ended up happening later on oh but uh yeah i deserved it i was a piece of shit but uh (laughs) i remember like just walk the mom walking in and the bong was on the table and we're just sitting on the couch and the whole place and i was like weed and i was like dude your mom is that your mom coming home and he's just like staring at me like why why are you worried about that and then she (laughs) walks in she looks at me she looks at him and i'm freaking out i'm like she's gonna ask me where do you live i'm gonna tell your mom about this i'm losing my fucking mind yeah she picks up the bong like i think she's gonna pick it up and just break it and just fucking rips it Ah! right in front of him (laughs) and i was like Ah! That's that's different. That's, that's amazing. Not what I grew up with. I didn't, you know, me personally, I, I can't say this is true for everybody, but me personally, I didn't have too many um close relationships with adults growing up. Like, did you were you friends with any of your friends' parents? Like, you know, so much so like that you would be smoking weed with them, just like the story that you told, or like, was it like, hey, you know, how's it going, Mr. Mr. Stevens, like, good to see you. Like, you know, oh yeah. You know, like, like, would you have like close relationships? Cause I, I wouldn't with any, like any adults at all, like growing up. They, they, they would, they would like me. Yeah. Because I had a weird, like knowledge of like eighties pop culture. Oh, like cool. I, I would like, I would like reference like Dick Ebersol, who was like the second producer of SNL, like SNL, weird shit. Yeah. And also I was like somewhat funny and very well-mannered around mm. parents. So I would be the friend that like the parents wouldn't mind having over yeah. at first. And then I would at get first. comfortable and then I'd become who I really am. And then that would slowly degrade the friendship <laughs> with the parents. Yeah. But you're like, like on like your drink. best behavior kind of, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like drink with friends, parents and stuff like that. Like that's like, I would like drink gin and stuff, which I never liked, but I felt like that was a fancy adult drink at the time. Yeah. So they'd like make me like a gin and tonic or whatever other like popular gin drinks there are. And I would just, we just drink with the parents in Huntington because that was just the vibe. It was, it was very much a, what's the trip of like, I'd rather have you do it in the house. Like that was the vibe of Huntington beach. I'd rather have you do it in the house, uh, which was great. Great growing up uh, in hindsight, horrible idea did not set me up for success. Yeah. But at the time I was like, this is the greatest place in the world. Cause I lived in Brea, California before that, which Brea is a suburb uh, where I think, the last murder that happened in Brea, California was my dad. And I think that might've been the first one. I think well, that might've been the Let's be clear, your dad was the one murdering. Yeah, no, my dad's the killer. Yeah, my right. dad, one for one. Uh, he's the guy. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. And it, you know, that's so- Small it, town vibe. Yeah, that's so interesting because it it's a similar vibe to Florida where like people end up there. People end up in Florida after living- elsewhere and growing up there you just kind of think well 
if this is where everyone else is going to end up, I'm already here. So I'm ahead of the curve, you know, but it turns out that you don't want to be there in those times necessarily, or in those small towns, you know, you got to kind of like find yourself uh, in the city and like, you know, the way you're describing, you know, the parts of Orange County where you were from, it's like, it's like, yeah, who cares? Let these kids drink, you know, like this is, this is life now, you know, there's no, yeah. like there's fewer responsibilities. Like, I just want to be a cool parent. I, I want to be your friend. I don't want to be a parent, yep. you know? Um, and most, if, yeah, most of those kids never left. Most of those kids are still there. I, yeah. Most of the people that I grew up with in Huntington beach, if I like see them on, cause they're all on Facebook for some reason, none of them are in, on Instagram. They're all like, yeah. basically they act like they're 55 years old. They're all on <laughs> Facebook and I'll see them on Facebook posting a picture of them still living in the same exact place they lived in mm. uh, 15 years ago when they lived well, with their parents, still living with their parents in the exact same house or apartment. And it's yeah. crazy to me to see. Well, who figured it out, man? Is it nothing ventured, nothing gained, or is it, you know, uh, have no goals, have no disappointment? <laughs> yeah. It's one I, or I the other. It, yeah. It's hard to leave on anything. That, I wish I wish the stand-up scene was in Huntington and Orange County has a decent scene, but it's not enough to, to get good. Yeah. I don't think like they're not getting up enough times to get really good at it. But if Huntington beach had LA's comedy scene, mm. I would for sure still be there. Yeah. It's just, I wanted something. I wanted something that's away from there. Cause I like yeah. the way of life there. I like yeah. the lax drinking vibe and stuff like that. Cause LA for a big city does not have that good of a drinking vibe. I don't think in Doesn't comparison really. to like New York or anything like that, or Florida even. Sure. Yeah. And I, I like that. I like to get hammered and just talk shit and have a good time. And LA to me, everybody's sensitive and everybody's like, Oh, I'll just have one drink. Like I've had people tell me they want to go out drinking before. And I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. And yeah. then they'll order a water or something like that. They just won't even, <laughs> they're not even going to, they're like, Oh, well, I know you like to drink. So I came here with you. And I was like, what the fuck? No, that's boring. <laughs> Cause then I'm going to, I'm going to say some, yeah. 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 I'm going to say some crazy shit and you're just going to be sipping water and just being a normal human being. I don't want to hang out with that. That yeah, throws the shit out of me. Yeah. What are you at work? Get, you know, yeah. get out of here. Get uh, the fuck out of here. Get drunk. Get drunk. The greatest time. One real quick before we, uh, before we take off here, if I'm find myself in your hometown, uh, Huntington, uh, and I'm there for, you know, say 24 hours, what's, you know, what's one thing that I should definitely check out or one thing that I should do? Uh, or one thing that, you know, that you love to do when you're in town that you're kind of proud of? Uh, so I don't have any family that lives in Huntington anymore, but I still got family that lives in Newport, which okay. is the neighboring beach city. So the best thing to do is just rent a bike or hop on a friend's bike, ride down the Newport Beach boardwalk, either to Huntington or to the Balboa fun zone. And oh. just look at that mess. I saw recently on Instagram that you went to Catalina yeah. and your boat left from the Balboa fun zone. Looks great. That, that place, everyone should see that relic of scary history yeah. because when I was a kid, that place was a fully functioning theme park. And really? then I would, I would go there several times a summer. And then over the years, the way it just shifted. And I think it's something really cool to see like past beach vibes there. And like, How would you describe when you walk it through it, it was a ghost town. It's a yeah. ghost town. Essentially. Yeah. The yeah. only thing it's used for is people are getting on a boat to go to Catalina or to to cross with their car onto actual Balboa Island. Right. That's the only thing it's used for now because it's got that rotten egg smell from all the <laughs> undercooked funnel cakes that were made there over the course of 60 <laughs> years. 
And I think that's something, I know that's not Huntington, but I think that's everything. That's something everybody should see is what yeah. the Balboa fun zone looks like. Because <laughs> everybody likes abandoned shit and creepy things. And that's the creepiest place in the world. They used to have a haunted house there where it was just like animatronics that would break while you'd walk through it uh, or take the cart through it or whatever, mm-hmm. which was horrifying. Because then you would just see the 16 year old who is just shit faced and on drugs fixing it in the haunted house and they thought the haunted house was the animatronics but really it was this decaying theme park and this 16 year old drug addict fixing it as you're going through the ride i think everyone should check that place out that sounds like a hell of a time oh it's my great. god well cj I like <laughs> yeah go there for the train wreck man uh yep. all right cj thanks so much for your time really appreciate it uh before we go I want to give a shout out to my production team, Chris, Gina, Mike, Kelvin, Sarah, Lauren S, Matt, Don, Collier, Peter, Paby, and Shane, Justin, Tim, and Allie. Uh, And uh, CJ, thanks so much for your time. Everyone's got to come and check you out uh, on your shows and then um, take a look at those Instagram reels, get that content out there. Uh, Anything else to say before, uh, before we sign off? Thanks for having me, man. I look forward to having you on the show on the 25th, even though I won't be there. (laughs) <laughs> that's why you're looking forward to it. it's like all right I don't yep know. i won't have to watch it's gonna be great. <laughs> all right flirtians thanks for listening i'll talk to you next time